Welcome back to the second half of episode four with Marissa. Hello. About rom com some more. Yes. And Tuesday. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. I've had the same amount to drink as last time we were talking about this. <laughs> I have had more. <laughs> I'm gonna go to uh, Club Tuesday after this, and you know, have a dance. I'm gonna party. go to Club Quarantine. Want to want me Cl- there? Oh, there we go. That sounds better than Club Tuesday. <laughs> I got some Club vodka quarantine. soaked gummies and single <laughs> occupancy club. um but so we'll touch on like a few more tropes and then we'll talk about what we we like we don't like our favorites so another one i wanted to touch on was dating a douchebag jennifer aniston and kevin bacon in picture perfect yes and jay moore is um the other side of that triangle well, yeah. that's an, kind of another trope. I guess that's two in one is the triangle and the dating bag. someone who's not actually good for you. Yeah. 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 And it's like, there's, so Jay Moore is like the wedding cameraman who's nice, yeah. but not successful. And Kevin Bacon's character is very successful, but stereotypical asshole. Right. And I feel like that's just, I think that's very reductive in a lot of ways. It is. It's both two men and women. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like very wary of the nice guy syndrome because it's like, I feel like the nice guy. I mean, we know that the quote unquote nice guys in real life aren't always nice guys, but they're guys who think doing one nice act means you'll date them and or sleep with them. So I think it is complicated. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of these movies are written by nice guys with not a lot of money, like quote unquote, nice guys with not a lot of money. So it ends up Mm -hmm. being, it's essentially their fantasy. It's their wet dream. Right. So of um, course, who doesn't want to end up with Jennifer Aniston in the end of a movie and take her away from a rich, successful guy. I mean, I want to do that. Of course. Who else won it? (laughs) But yeah, it's for the guy who probably makes no money and Mm -hmm. you're going to have to like do like all the, yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's essentially a reflection of the writer. I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, the quote unquote nice guy's wet dream, Um, which is just, it's funny. I don't remember that movie well, and I feel like when I don't remember a movie, it's because it just wasn't good. So mm-hmm. it's, um, I you know. think I rewatched it last year, and I still enjoyed it. But I was able to recognize, like, oh, these are things that I saw when it came out, or whatever I saw when I was younger that didn't seem like problematic to me. But now that I'm watching it with like grown-up eyes, I'm going, "Oh wow, this is not great." But I still yeah. like it because I'll pretty much enjoy anything Jennifer Aniston does, even if she's playing the same character in every movie. Yeah, she's fun to watch. She's really I like her a lot too. I and I'm really mm-hmm. glad she won the Emmy for Morning Show, you know. So, and I'm glad that she oh. and Brad Pitt said hi backstage and she just fucking left so i'm like (laughs) yeah that was good and that the internet's like 
it could be like finally after 20 years they'll get be together it's like they have both moved on like five times since then why are we still holding on to this yeah you cheated on her. No. <laughs> so See? Yes. Coming back to the first part of this episode, or first part of episode four, is like, no. <laughs> but, like, the couple doing the cheating and Moonshock, they were, like, in their 60s. This, you know, yeah. so it's, yeah. Also, <laughs> I do like Frasier, and the father character in Frasier's the same actor who is, like, Shares uh, mom's yes. love interest in Moonstruck, and I was really yeah. hoping that would work out. <laughs> because, I know I, I was kind of rooting you know, for them their too. original marriage, I guess. <laughs> I really love that actor. Oh, we yeah, he it was such. I was very sad when he passed. Rest in peace, dear sir. So. Yes, I will. I'll pull up the name, John, John Mahoney. Mahoney. Yeah, he was also mm-hmm. in the American President, um, in the newspaper. That one I haven't seen yet. I I should. It's. It's interesting watching, just because you kind of realize how Aaron Sorkin's work hasn't really evolved over time. It's just like, Uh, wow, this is kind of the same (laughs) as everything he's written. It's still fun to watch, don't get me wrong. It's still fun to watch. Um, I think the actors have a lot to do with that. But I was also like, this feels like all the Aaron Sorkin stuff I've watched since then, too. There's a movie that I think is John Cusack. Maybe it's not. And I rem- remember that I had, it was one of those, um, like, the best friend falls in love with the lead in the end. Uh, but I think, it must not be Salma Hayek, but, like, there's a celeb who's playing a celeb in a movie who is, like, in this relationship with a guy. And it's her assistant who I think goes through a makeover and ends up being in a relationship with the guy. Oh, um, America. Oh, yeah. With Julia Roberts, oh, isn't it? America's Sweetheart? Yes. Yes. America's Sweetheart. There we go. Yeah. Man, I, I don't, really like that one. I watched Is it, it when I... Oh, no. It's Catherine Zeta-Jones. My apologies. No, no. Big, big difference. It is... They're both beautiful women who are yes. like powerhouses, but um, yeah, I'm trying to remember that movie because I didn't, haven't watched it recently, and it's just I remember. I think I saw it for the first time just a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Wow, this is great! This is a good rom com." <laughs> it was very entertaining. <laughs> but I think I also like, I like John Cusack's voice, which is why Anastasia is one of the best. Yes. Animated movies. I totally, I 100% agree. Yes. It's just so good. It's a rom-com. Um, That's actually a rom-com. I feel it like. is, actually. I'm wondering, yeah. I know it's not a Disney movie, Anastasia's not Disney, but I was thinking in the shower, I think yesterday, like, are Disney movies considered rom-coms? Because they are almost always a comedic love story. But animated. You know? I think. I would agree. Because Mulan has the gender bending. I uh, I love Mulan. I love the Me art too. animated. Yes. It's uh, so good. So good. But like, obviously Cinderella is the Cinderella story. So whatever. <laughs> um, but like Aladdin has, she's, has uh, like others, other tropes. She's the tameable shrew. Yeah, she's the tameable yes. shrew in Aladdin. I, mm-hmm. I agree. And she's also say... supposed to fall for some other guy, and she doesn't. She falls for 
He's not really like the the nice guy though in a stereotypical sense. So maybe that's different. But yeah, hmm. he is the poor boy though. True. <laughs> yes, he's yeah. not. He's not the wealthy, cool dude. <laughs> um, I I think I would agree that the Disney stories are rom coms in their own way, but the Disney stories are also pulled from previous material. That's also. true right yeah um yeah because they don't they don't like to do um they don't like to take risks on new intellectual property they like established ip yeah and i wonder if that's why we also accept these tropes because this is what we're getting in our storytelling established stories that are being told again and again as opposed to what we're raised on so we're like that's that's normal that's how content is yeah 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 are there any other tropes or cliches that you want to touch on before we start diving into uh, more of the movies we like? The love triangle slash dating a douchebag. I will say in the notebook, there was nothing wrong with James Marsden's character. <laughs> nothing wrong with I him at all. <laughs> never saw that movie. I it's it looked too dramatic for me. It's very melodramatic. Like there's, there's crying in the rain, right? Yeah, a kiss in the rain. A, the a big gesture so oh my god here's how he asked her out in that movie ah, she's on okay. a date at an amusement park and she's on the ferris wheel he climbs a ferris wheel and threatens to like jump or let go oh my gosh unless she goes on a date with him and i was just like mm. <laughs> yeah know? it's like wow that's like when you try to leave an abusive relationship and they threaten to kill themselves so exactly. that you can't leave exactly and wow. then later in life she's well, engaged now to i'm glad i've never seen it yeah i didn't really enjoy it the first time <laughs> i saw it and didn't really feel like re-watching it but i remember just everything <laughs> where i was like i don't like this and mm-hmm. she leaves james marsden's character um it's just isn't she he was... the love interest in 27 dresses he is yes I like that movie. I uh, I have to admit, I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> oh. I'm a huge Katherine Heigl, Heigl fan. I think I'm a fan of like a lot of actors that play similar characters in movies, but because they are likable, I'll I'll watch I'll watch them over and over. Exactly, and it's like mm-hmm. there's a like there's a place for everything, right? Like there's comfort yeah. food and there's fine dining and there's like out of the box food. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the same with movies. It's just finding yeah. a balance of, okay, I'll watch this Christmas movie. Then I'll watch this, like, European art film. Then I'll watch this rom-com. Mm-hmm. And then I'll watch this, like, mm-hmm. completely indie, like, who is this filmmaker film? Uh, y- y- you know, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just, there's a place for everything. But in the world yeah, of... Yeah, I like that. Comfort food, for sure. Yeah. But in the world of the rom-coms we're discussing, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. well, what are what strikes audiences in that it's going to last, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be considered a classic to like Annie Hall right. or when Harry met Sally. Yeah. Yes. I feel like Nora Ephron really nailed the long lasting rom-com rom-com yes. the rom-com because <laughs> <laughs> romance is a con. No. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Men are trash. Like, <laughs> But, like, all the Nora Ephron movies have 
just really hit the nail on like a rom-com that I will treasure forever, even when it's You've Got Mail and Tom yes. Hanks' character is kind of horrible to Meg Ryan's character because and he, he shuts down her, her business. business. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm I... like, that's horrible. But I also want their relationship to succeed <laughs> despite that, you know? Because like, it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, and it's Meg Ryan. And they're just like so, they are so lovable separately. And then together, I think it's just like, an audience winner yeah and d- she did something's got to give too right or was that nancy myers sorry i well, don't Google know that real she quick. did that one Didn't, shoot. i sorry. also think i've confused something's got to give with oh with a different jack nicholson rom-com that's nancy myers who did something's got to give I'm terrible. But she <laughs> tends to write, like, these older rom-coms, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, she does. Because I don't nice think too. that's something um, generally accepted, as, like, older people are allowed to have romance or love or sexual relationships. So I think it's neat that she, she's been able to find that, like, niche. Yeah. Oh, um, Nora Ephron also wrote Bewitched. Or not wrote. Uh, remember the movie Bewitched with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell? Yes. Yep. Yeah, she directed it. I really it. like Did that. She write the, it also? The, the, she got that nose twitched down. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, she did write it. it was... I just remember that line where he's like, guess what? I'm a Clippers fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love Will Ferrell. But, um, yeah, he's so good. But yeah, Nora Ephron, she... I mean, she did Sleepless in Seattle also, and mm-hmm. I guess it's like, well, I don't like generalizing or stereotyping, but also some, yeah, when you have let a woman write a movie and write honestly, and she's very good at what she does and is able to write honestly, like it's just, mm-hmm. it, it gives an insight into a woman's experience of a relationship and that's what makes it new you know yeah and women are more complex typically when written by female writers which i think makes a lot of sense like in when harry met sally if that was written by a man i don't think meg ryan's character would have been as like hesitant maybe to be in a relationship with this person that she thinks is just a friend I think maybe yeah. it would have been a more like I have feelings for you and you don't for me because you think we're just friends or you know more one-sided or something instead they're both like fighting their own feelings yeah but I don't know because it's written by Nora Ephron and she's great yeah she's she's <laughs> uh, she's fantastic yeah it's it's interesting also because I find that a, a few rom-coms I do want to bring up is What Men yes. Want, which came out last year. and Right. I've only about... seen What Women Want a few times. I still have to see <laughs> What Men Want. It's on my to-be-watched list. I really like that movie. Really like it. Um, but same with As Isn't It Romantic. I find it interesting that both characters have to like have be, like have some kind of like accident happen to take them out of the right. real world. To under mm-hmm. and be in a fantasy land to understand the real world and mm-hmm. it's the female well i mean what women want it's the male protagonist but 
these are two mm. female protagonists. So I wonder if it's just, I find it, it's like, I feel like the result of the manic pixie dream girl is be- the result mm. of a male writer not understanding a woman's complexity and her interiority. Because right. women are very mm. interior. Even ex- even extroverted women are interior. Mm. And to understand that, it's... And I'm thinking about Aaron Sorkin writing the women the way he does, too. They're smart women, but he's got to kind of cut them down somehow to feel like right. he's got a level playing field. So... It's just, who's going to know women's interiority except another woman, right? Well, I think it is also, you can find more complex female roles written by men when they are frequently characters first written for male actors. So when they, like, gender swap that at casting, you have a more well-rounded like role overall and it's like oh well it's originally written for a man now it's played by a woman so all these other things were already developed by the writer but i feel like male writers are i don't know if they view women as more like two-dimensional or if it's like they just view us as totally different creatures that they don't know how to write the nuances as well yeah i think they're kind of afraid of women to be honest with you um i think (laughs) It's just some, I mean, sometimes I'm afraid of myself, you know, but, um, it's, (laughs) but, um, I alarm myself. (laughs) (laughs) Me every day during quarantine. But, um, like, I think I'm concerned about me. Who should I tell? Like, I need to tell someone, but I'm here alone. So I just, I just have to tell myself, and myself says that's not okay. But um, yeah, yes, the adult me is telling child me to behave. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah, just it's funny. So it's I always struggle with this because they always say like a great artist should be able to write or act anybody right like you mm-hmm. but also there's the opposing advice of write what you know right you know so if men don't know women then don't write women but also you should be able to put yourself in another person's shoes and write about them this also brings up a good point of have they not been in a relationship that has been mildly functioning because wouldn't they understand how to write that huh because <laughs> I feel like if 10 years ago Tuesday was writing a script about relationships they would be really toxic and like awful but Tuesday of today who has more experience and has been like through relationships that have had their pros and cons would have a more well-rounded sense of like the male character in that and what his um like neuroticisms are or where mm-hmm. he feels most anxious or neurotic or whatever at least I assume that would be the case because I have lived experiences now you know mm-hmm. so I'm I'm curious now if that's like are they in healthy relationships and they just disassociate because writing is a job or what maybe the disconnect is actually 
You know what? I do wish I had watched before this is Long Shot. That looks like a movie that could I have love been that movie because it's Seth Rogen and yeah, it's good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, I, and Charlize Theron, right? Yes, Charlize Theron is Secretary of State who's running, who's about to run for president, and Seth Rogen is the speechwriter she hires to write her speeches to make her funnier oh, okay. because um, the general public doesn't think she has a sense of humor as is right. Of yeah. Course. Cause she's a woman essentially, but they're like, she's really pretty though. So, you know, <laughs> they're like, your highest mark is in oh, print is in like looks and elegance. It's like, you're not likable enough though. Oh, I know. Oh, big eye roll happening right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another thing I like is that they knew each other when they were kids, so it's not, like, out of nowhere. Oh, okay. So it was, like, a whole, yeah. they fall in love because he knew who she was and what she stood for. Like, it, it, like oh, okay. And so he kind of calls her out on a lot of that. And they just, mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, I give credit to Charlize for a lot of the character development on her end also, because mm-hmm. she just... It wasn't any, she was, like, she was a real kind of mess. Like, you see her passing out at night when she gets home because she's tired from working all day. Then she wakes up early Mm. and has to, like, get her face ready and work out while she's doing interviews or lift weights while she's, like, reading up on what's happening in the world. So you see it takes work for her to, like, just get ready in the morning which I like that they showed she's mm-hmm. not just perfect all the time. And also she's like very, like she keeps her character very real, which I liked. She's not. I think she's really good at, at turning what probably are more two dimensional characters into more three dimensional ones. And I'm thinking of this movie. She was also in called young. Adult. Oh, I love that movie. Love that movie. Uh, but I going into it did not have, hardly any expectations because I like read the synopsis and was like okay sure but then because she is so believable and so good at at making these roles into more developed characters that I was like oh wow this is a really good movie she so I think that's like a mark in her favor that that she is sometimes in these potentially subpar roles but makes them but elevation she does just by her performance she's not she's yeah. not just likable she's an artist and she knows how to bring a role mm-hmm. yeah like you said how to elevate a role you know so mm-hmm. she's I, yeah whether that's like a drama or a comedy she's like i'm all in and i'm going to make this like my own she, she's trying to get an emmy or something not an emmy it's not television an oscar for for each performance she's she's that good though she's really really good and she really I, I enjoyed long shot because her performance but also i felt like i believed them falling in love you know mm-hmm. um i believe them falling in love even though it's like he's supposed to be the schlubby guy but come on seth rogan's cute like we, we all we can all admit he's pretty cute i disagree sorry i think he's a schlubby guy <laughs> i think he's a schlubby <laughs> We disagree on Nick Cage. We disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, long shot. I I just, I believe the character's falling off, but I do want to bring up that they do show them having sex. And it's, 
Oh. It's, like, so awkward and funny how, like... I think... Is that the case just for a lot of movies where, like, Seth Rogen is the love interest? Because he was in that, like, Knocked Up with Katherine Heigl. And I don't remember how much you see, but I do remember it's, like, it's rated R and you see something happening. And he's also in another movie, I think, where, like, something similar happens. I think with Knocked... So I wonder... Maybe. Because with Knocked Up, it was, like, kind of broken up, though. You see a shot of, like, the cells with... What I thought with Longshot, right. you see the beginning, the middle, and the end. Like, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean it's very quick, hmm. which is kind of the joke. Yeah, but but I wonder why. Like, is he a more acceptable person because he doesn't intimidate the average male audience member? That's an interesting point to bring up. That is interesting. Like, why is it like? Why can we see him but not? Someone like Michael B. Jordan or whoever, Penn Badgley, like whoever's yeah. accepted as generally a babe. I will, that's funny. I thought of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I was going to say the most raw sex scenes I've ever, like I've seen on film have been with Philip Seymour Hoffman and he's not considered. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not considered. As I just, like, devolve into laughter. <laughs> Sorry. It's like... <laughs> Sorry, Mr. I Hoffman. know, right? It's like sign of the cross. <laughs> yeah. okay. Like, please do not, you know, put a curse on me for the rest of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> As if it could get worse. Oh, my God. Not that good. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, it's interesting. The most raw sex scenes that I can remember on film have been with him. But I also wonder if it's because he was he didn't have that degree of self consciousness that might keep mm, him from doing yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, because mm. it's a very like vulnerable kind of scene to film. And if you are self, yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, if there's any like drop of self consciousness at all, then it just won't work, right? So, mm-hmm. but he is also another actor that like can build the role around himself and really become that person. So maybe, maybe it's easier for performers like that to just be more free in those scenes because they have fully, um, like ev- not evolved, but they've like fully entrenched themselves in that other character. Yeah, yeah, and there's also no expectation around them to look a certain way. That's true, too, yeah. They're not like, oh, I am very catalog. I can't be in anything worse. I must flex my abs anytime my shirt's yeah. off. <laughs> <sighs> Which, by the way, I'm really upset when I see a shirtless man in a movie and he's not, like, and he's kind of a schlub because there's such high standards for women in movies who like are in a bikini that it upsets me when men aren't held to the same standard like if she has to have that the line down the center of her stomach and like a perfect butt and breasts then this man better at least have four abs if not six i will say crazy rich asians delivered on that so high (laughs) crazy rich asians delivered on that oh really good like all like because that's what we need. Yeah, I, I will say all the shirtless men in Crazy Rich Asians. It was my friend who 
equality. (laughs) I have a friend. He is of Asian descent and known for playing the nerdy Asian guy in a lot of things. After that movie came out, he was like, Mm -hmm. shit, now I have to start working out. (laughs) It's like, no. That's really funny. Like, man, I was doing good. Just being like this crew neck wearing or even um, polo shirt and cargo short wearing dude but now we gotta work out it's like not to be hot no (laughs) (laughs) no so maybe let's talk about like the tropes that we don't like and don't think are worth doing anymore Mm -hmm. for an audience because especially now that we're supposed to be like a more almost liberated and progressive society why are we still doing these these same roles like we see it on TV and film, and it's really frustrating that a woman can have either a career or a family, but she can't have both. Yeah. It, I think I, I'm surprised that that is still a common storytelling device when we know that there are a lot of women that are full-time employees who are also parents. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's just lazy storytelling it's creating a conflict Mm -hmm. when there doesn't need to be like it's just a way to create a conflict when it's not something that's really a conflict for people anymore um Mm -hmm. the two competing females being a trope yeah i don't think we need that anymore um i also don't think that we see that in real life beyond like Maybe sometimes I catch headlines from the Kardashians and, like, they're an example of of a real, like, quote-unquote real-life example of that competition. Like, when it was Chloe and someone's friend yeah. who happened to sleep with the same guy. But that's really a story about how that guy's an awful person. And, not- and probably, like, inflated for media consumption in a way, right? Right. And it's presented as, like competing women who are not enemies or whatever when probably they don't talk to each other because they don't care they're not friends who cares but the real issue is that this man's a cheater and why aren't we focusing on that being an issue exactly exactly it's like yeah exactly thank you for bringing that up so uh well i think because that also is tied into there's this thing well, it's like, speaking of cheating, where we see it in movies a lot where the woman who is cheated on and the woman who, I guess, is one of the cheaters, like, where they're fighting, but the guy is somehow free of yeah that drama when he's the contributing factor. Exactly. He's, like, the key I think that stems factor. from a whole men will be men attitude, and fuck that. I'm sorry, mm. but, like... No, no, we should no yeah. longer be saying men will be men. Um, men are going to be mm-hmm. held accountable to the same standards of humanity yeah. that everyone else is. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, if you, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But just accept that that's who you are as a person. And not everyone's down with that. But yeah, I don't like that it's women competing or like women pitted against each other. Yeah. Especially over a man, I think that's really childish. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, Bechdel test, yeah. right? The whole, do the women mm-hmm. have anything to talk about yeah. besides a man, you know? Just men. <laughs> yeah. 
There's also, um, from the Atlantic, I pulled some tropes that they are like, women should stop laughing about. And one of them is the quote-unquote crazy. Yeah. Which I think they have a point that we're like, any woman who doesn't fit kind of what's considered the norm is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think they're right that we should probably not be like, ha <laughs> she's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's dismissive <laughs> and reductive. And when mm-hmm. it's like actually this is a human being and whatever behavior that woman might display that calls people that got where people call her crazy i mean but you've got right. crazy cat lady it's also like yeah but it also for like being more progressive in terms of just like talking about mental health that's also really reductive in that sense because now anything slightly unusual is crazy instead of like Maybe that person is bipolar, but they're also a warm and loving individual. But that's not how movies are presented. It's just like, this woman's hot and cold and therefore crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You know? There's no nuance to it. What? Yeah, I guess the definition of crazy. That's another thing. So these tropes are born of definitions of what we've, what, what, what we've created as defining certain boundaries in society, right? Like... The um, the roles of men and women were probably more clear back in the 40s and 50s, and now it's become more murky. Right. But now that the mm-hmm. definition, like, I think having to adjust to nuance and murkiness is probably the next step in human consciousness, the way it's going to evolve, mm-hmm. because it's not so rigid anymore. We don't know what crazy right. is. I mean, we can all agree that killing another person, not good. You, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, don't do that if you're listening exactly. to Exactly. I, I think we can all agree. <laughs> I mean, but there are some parts of the world that would justify that, oddly enough, too, right? So The Atlantic outlined feminazi as something that we should stop laughing about, but I don't feel that... I don't think women as a whole laugh at characters that are written like that because i don't think we see like women that are feminist as being feminazis i think that's more of a male yeah. audience seeing a woman who's being independent and standing up for herself as that character i so, completely agree with that um yeah i think to write women who stand up for themselves as hating men um that's just lazy fucking storytelling right there to be like <laughs> it's just Let's just call right. it what it is. It's lazy fucking storytelling. A woman hates a man, but oh, he's like he's she, mm-hmm. this guy is gonna use his dick to make her fall in love with him, and she'll. But also, he's like this one's the greatest. Th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can heal everything with his sexual prowess. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Oh my. I mean, it's this is a weird association I'm making right now, <laughs> but like, I. I'm here for it. So Kimmy Schmidt's the only show that has dared to do this. But a survivor of like a survivor of sexual assault and or rape mm-hmm. in a rom-com yeah. finding love again. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just I think it leads into I mean, there are isn't it something like 50 or 60% of women, if not higher, mm-hmm. have experienced some sort of sexual assault so of course so like it makes sense that this is real that that 
women have been traumatized and they're still putting themselves out there for the sake of love. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times the feminazi types are unfairly stereotyped Mm -hmm. as that when it's really women healing from trauma, trying to stand up for Mm -hmm. themselves now more than ever. So... Yeah, who maybe they have strong boundaries and the boundaries aren't examined. It's just like, this woman is afraid of wearing short skirts because that's because that's too feminine or like something obscure and absurd. Yeah. Instead of being more real and more whole as a human. Uh, and where Hitch falls short, as much as I enjoy Will- watching Will Smith, um, where it fell short was with... And Kevin James... Like, I just like that combination. It's a good buddy combination of, like, someone who's supposed to be smooth, who's falling short because he loves, he's in love with a woman, and someone who is more frumpy, so to speak, Yeah, you know? I, I think that duality is nice because it's typically more women, I think, who are in those roles. So it's nice to see that it's like, oh, it's a smoother man and, like, a, a frumpier man yeah. as opposed to, like, Jennifer Garner and her best friend in a movie. Exactly. You know? And I love that the frumpy man teaches the like smooth that. man like, oh, love is getting hurt. You know, that's what I really yeah. like about that movie. Yeah. But it did fall it, it did fall nice. short with Eva Mendez's character because she's all like, you just get hurt, but you don't know why she believes that. She's just a woman who's like, yo, you're mm-hmm. just gonna get hurt. Relationships are bullshit. Right. Here's, here's my defense. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, back to, yeah, I would like to see a movie about, yeah, a survivor of trauma and assault Mm -hmm. finding love. If someone is artful enough to write that into romantic comedy, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, like I mentioned, is probably the only thing that comes close. I think it can be done. I think it is just a matter of how can they get funding to make that movie a reality. Yeah, because I remember Tina Fey was like, I was surprised that they let me make the show about what it was. But, Mm -hmm. um... But she had such a good record already on, like, what could sell. Because I don't think a lot of people thought 30 Rock could be a successful show because Tina Fey is not a stereotypical lead. And so I think, like, well, she can prove that she is just, like, her goofy self with this show that lasted eight seasons yeah, or something. Yeah, for a while. So yeah. give her whatever else that she's interested in because obviously it sells. Yeah. And her movies have sold, too, like, I barely recall watching Baby Mama, and I don't recall enjoying it, but I know a lot of people liked it. And, and obvi- Obviously, <laughs> the legacy of Mean Girls is just going to last, it seems. It's oh. it's on Broadway. Like, of course. They're going to make a movie musical classic. out of the musical. Yeah. Oh, I'll be interested in seeing I know. that. I'm interested in Isn't that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, it, it's like movie self self I know it's like hairspray it's like hairspray yeah. <laughs> love hairspray it's a movie it's a musical it's a movie musical <laughs> the other um thing that i think is worth mentioning is the baby and or wedding freak because i think a lot of rom-coms we saw when we were younger like 27 dresses or well, I think most of the ones I know are they're more like wedding freaks. Like even what's the one with Anne Hathaway? Julia Roberts, my best friend's wedding. That, oh my god, that movie! Like, 
is great, but it's like in Runaway Bride, like a lot of movies centered around like they're a romantic comedy that does center around a wedding. Yeah. Happening or not happening. I think even Bridget Jones' diary does that. Like she's like desperate for a man, you know? And I I think that is... (laughs) Oh. God. She's she's the worst. This cat. I really hope that other people can hear that so it's not just me raring. Let's clarify where that's coming from. My cat is being... There's a cat. (laughs) But I think that is something that I think when I was younger seemed more important. Like, I wasn't interested necessarily in weddings, but I knew a lot of people that were. So I was like, all right, well, if this is what we're doing, like, I'll imagine my wedding outfit. It's going to be a pantsuit because that's the type of person that I am. I love that. (laughs) But, like, that's as far as I could get because I didn't really care. I was too young to care, you know? But I feel like that's what movies were trying to market. It's like, oh, women care about like the flowers at their wedding they've been dreaming of this since they were 10 it's like yeah, no, I, I i we personally haven't. i have not so it's no yeah. it's like maybe i had one friend that did and that's why i was like all right i will design my own wedding outfit but that was more of my i thought i would go into fashion at some point which has not happened <laughs> it could but it could on the horizon my third career perhaps (laughs) but yeah I think that's something that um there are women for sure that do like want a baby or do want marriage or want both but that's not necessarily all women and I think marketing like the one rom-com per year as that is not getting the largest audience that it yeah and also having women be the quote-unquote crazy woman around her wedding like the bridezilla so -hmm. to speak oh my gosh yeah it's like i understand when the lines cross but also understand that planning a wedding is really fucking stressful (laughs) and of course like Mm -hmm. it's gonna be like so it it costs a lot of money like of course you're going to be a little bit frazzled yeah and you're dealing with at like every parents wanting point. to invite this family member like having to deal with a limited number of guests you can invite and then fighting over who's invited mm-hmm. like it's really stressful and yeah i understand mm-hmm. like being kind of like super stressed out around that time so mm-hmm. if you might be snapping out at someone then you snap out at someone it's it doesn't make you crazy right so well and i think if at least in america like we market this as like a woman's biggest day is her wedding day. So, of course, if that's what we think is, like, her, like, the climax of this person's life, of course she's going to freak out if nothing's perfect. Like, you want everything to be perfect if this is supposed to be the happiest point in your life. Yeah. So. The wedding, it's it's a conspiracy of the wedding industry. It's. (laughs) There we go. Seriously. (laughs) We haven't even and then they're like, women are crazy. And it's like, no, you're making me this way. I mean, the engagement <laughs> ring industry is a conspiracy. <laughs> Dude, they are making bank. One of the things, I think this is more um, prevalent in commercials than in like movie or TV, but it's either like the, the Atlantic doesn't outline this, but the dumb husband, I think is a trope that is not necessary. 
along with the nagging wife versus happy wife. So I feel like I feel like that's something we see more in commercials. Like it's a vacuum cleaner commercial, and the guy is just like too stupid to clean up after himself. But this vacuum makes it easy for this happy housewife. You know, like she doesn't care that her husband can't clean because they have this magic vacuum cleaner that can clean up any mess. Uh, and it's like it's this very weird and cheap and lazy dichotomy that is totally unrealistic and not amusing at all. Yeah, and it just. I, I... I hope that the next generation solves this because I feel like we are in a generation of men who were raised from like women mm-hmm. who took care of them, so they can't. Right. My, I mean, my experience yeah. with men is a hundred percent of them could not clean up after themselves, so I'm just. <laughs> so I'm like, that's something like, well, the next generation can solve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, fingers it's like, crossed. Hopefully, the boys in the next generation—they'll take how that to torch up. from us. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. oh, I didn't catch I said, that. They'll take the torch from us, and we're like, yes, they'll yes, just take exactly. the torch from us and keep going. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> like, like I'm just... we made it this far. They're picking up their socks. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, literally a hundred percent of the guys I have, have not cleaned up. That. I mean, maybe that's me. I don't know, but um, but it's. Maybe I just track some. Oh, this is another uh, trope that I think it's a cliche actually at this point is that, and I feel like the last decade we've talked about it some as society, but maybe not so much movies, where women are whores if they like sleep with more than one person ever, mm-hmm. but like men are commended on that in movie and mm-hmm. in real life. And then... But the op- the flip side is that, like, if a woman's a virgin, it's a good thing. If a man's a virgin, it's a I mean, bad they thing. they had to make so a I whole movie it, it around does... a man being a 40-year-old virgin because that was so weird. That's true. So, yeah. That movie is hilarious, I, I, love that movie. I will yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. <laughs> but, at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it is weird that there's this, like, it's good for one, bad for the other, and then the f- reverse is true that it's, good for the opposite and bad for the opposite like it's why are we like yeah this? i i think i mean the fact that a movie <laughs> has been made about his virginity like just points out how weird we are to think that the 40 year old man is a virgin <laughs> you know but like right so and that a whole 90 to a 120 minute movie is not absurd to make about that yeah and for, I mean, the whole women being virgins thing just goes way back to, like, men feeling like they have ownership over women's bodies, and it's just, True. it's a disgusting trope that needs to go out the window, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just, it just has its roots in something very nefarious, and uh, it's just, it kind of makes me speak to myself. I mean, bodily autonomy. To keep it to movies, though, um... It's also like, yeah, being, um, yeah, the ownership over women's bodies and the portrayal of women being marriage obsessed, wedding obsessed, and baby obsessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I understand right. wanting to take care of something at a certain point in life. I, I do understand that. Mm-hmm. And wanting a baby is a natural, like, choice for that. But also, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be through pregnancy. It could be through, like, I just want more movies to show. It could be through adoption. Right. It could be through mm-hmm. so many other, you, you could freeze your eggs and then have, like, the, like, 
just to have one oh baby later in life and it's just i wish more movies would there is um that movie with jennifer aniston and jason bateman where she is like a she wants to be a single parent Uh um and jason bateman's character is like in love with her oh it's called the switch and so she gets like some like a sperm donation and she's having this party to impregnate herself and he gets drunk and like switches the sperm with his sperm. Yeah. And she has his kid, you know. And when I watched this when it came out in 2010 or so, I was like, this is a funny comedy. And I didn't really think about it. And then I watched it, I think, a couple years ago. I was like, that is a form of sexual assault. Yeah. Because she was not trying to have that man's baby. And it also shows, like, it's supposed to be about how she, I guess, in some way is obsessed with having a child. But she's having one her own way. And and, and a man has know. to take that it's away like, from her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I don't... <laughs> you could have just let her have it, and he could have still been in love with her and maybe they could have hooked up later or something but i think like that as a as a story choice is really it's really fucked up absurd yeah like why yeah beyond that it's another form of controlling like someone in some way yeah it's it's a sick male fantasy i think um i'd be curious to see who wrote it i'm actually gonna look it up right now just so the mm. switch who wrote the switch Siri, Siri, who wrote the switch? Oh, someone named Josh Gordon. Okay. Yeah, and who directed it? And Will Speck. Um, dir- oh, sorry, it was written by two other dudes. My bad, but it was written by Josh Gordon and or directed by Josh Gordon and Will Speck. Hmm. Interesting. Uh Josh Gordon also directed Blades of Glory. Interesting. Alan Loeb wrote the film. He created hmm. New Amsterdam. Well, these are kind of not great movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're like giving each other that look of like, hmm. <laughs> like, mm. Well, now I see why it was accepted. Oh, but it was mm-hmm. um, based on a short story by Jeffrey Eugenides. Who wrote Middlesex and The Virgin Suicide. Or no, inspired by a short story. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) 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 And moving on. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a question we'll just let hang in the air, right? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. It's like <laughs> that's all I have to offer. <laughs> but um, and and yeah, I guess um, with the future of rom coms, with a couple of the movies like rom coms of recent years, the idea of loving yourself first mm-hmm. and then yeah. maybe like it's no longer the other person completes. That's a you. really good yeah, point. No, like you complete right. me is no longer relevant in our culture now. It's right. You gotta love yourself first. 
I think that's a really good point. One thing I didn't mention with Trainwreck is, like, I know Amy Schumer gets a lot of flack for, like, her stand-up or stealing jokes or whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen her stand-up. But I did watch Trainwreck, and I liked that it was... To me, it felt like a character that I have been in my life. You know, it's like, we've all kind of been a little bit of a mess who someone who wants love and doesn't always do things the right way and I like that it was like learning she's learning through her mistakes is very relatable and I think if we keep along that route of I just want to like myself first as you said and like learn from my mistakes without maybe like judgment or whatever is presented in movies as like that person's bad yeah I think that would be I think that would do a lot to like both help the genre and help the stereotypes within the yeah. genre. Yeah, and I feel like What Men Want did that really well because um, mm. at the end it's not like, you know, the characters are going to get back together again, but it wasn't what was important. Um, and right. it's, I think, and also having it be stories about that leaves room for gay love stories now. And like, love story, like it's just, yeah. it doesn't have to be between a man and woman for someone to realize they need to love themselves. And the journey's about that. Mm-hmm. And finding another, I mean, it never right. had to be about a man and a woman in the first place, as we discussed before, but also mm-hmm. it's just, right. it's anyone, like everyone needs, it can fill mm-hmm. that role, which right. is. But we, we do see like not, like non-hetero relationships, even whether that's open or just two gay men or two gay women, like those are presented as dramas, not anything not com- with Yeah. So I think. I think it's a weird... So I think there's there's a lot of room for growth. Yeah, and just one more thing to add with, like, the the gay and lesbian love stories being presented as dramas and not comedies. I think it just Mm -hmm. speaks to something insidious about victimizing underrepresented groups as opposed to elevating them and finding joy in Mm -hmm. it. But I think it's... it's, We're evolving towards that. We're, we're, our we consciousness are, yeah. is evolving towards that but I just feel like sometimes presenting mm-hmm. every gay or lesbian love like story as a drama is sometimes like we can honor the dramatic right. elements but also can we mm-hmm. find the joy as well and not keep victimizing people right. who yeah where's the fun in in like how someone likes their coffee and and not getting that <laughs> through like their new partner <laughs> like even something that small of like we all like this new fluffy coffee trend. There's something there of someone who just likes black coffee. It doesn't matter what your what your gender is or like who you love. Like there's something in someone wanting a fancy coffee versus not wanting that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Some like that's such a simple way to show like these two people are different and it's silly and it's uh, not totally necessary. It's just like a fun expression of how people and then you are. argue about why would you spend 30 minutes making that fancy whipped coffee when you could have it right now you know like, <laughs> yeah totally right like it doesn't matter who those characters are all that matters is that they're in it together yeah so this has been so great cool so you want to tell us it has been a lot of thank fun you. that's why it's lasted so long <laughs> thank you so much again do you want to tell um everyone where they can follow you if they're interested to oh, see what you're uh, up to now that you're on tiktok and yes all the other social i just medias? joined tiktok <laughs> i mean and i've been loving it um but <laughs> hope you love it too i guess my instagram is really 
like my main still kind of my main social media of choice it's where I post a lot of updates about my work but obviously in quarantine I I can't work but um but you know it's like it's but um Instagram is like Like, I can do video chat I know right but uh yeah you can follow me on instagram at lecarpsicle it's l-e-c-a-r-p-s-i-c-l-e and i guess the rest a good google search will bring up all the other social media pages but that's true uh, yeah. but uh, yeah i'll put your instagram um like in the link information but if you want anything else there, you can just let me yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Want. I think, yeah, Instagram's really been my main method, but that might be TikTok okay. soon. And my handle for TikTok is the same as my Instagram. So, <laughs> so you'll be easier exactly. to find. Yeah. All, and my Twitter <laughs> handle is the same thing, although I, I don't really tweet, to be honest with you. Um, um, but I'm glad you were able to join us. Join us. Join me. I'm, I'm glad I could join and you. And our, like, 20 all. listeners. Yes. <laughs> I love, I love all of you. Thanks, Marissa. This is a fun chat. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Tuesday. Thank you.